Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? On this episode of Cinema Super Collider, we take a look at the 2020 action thriller Money Plane. Yeah, this one came out on cable right after the pandemic hit, right? I think Shortly so. Shortly after, mm-hmm. like when everybody was locked inside and this was one of the first like like movies that came out only on cable or something. Streaming. Like, uh, streaming. Cable is for old people. Oh, er- I know. Eric. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out streaming on uh, uh, Netflix or HBO or wherever it came out. And everybody was talking about it for like 15 minutes. Well, the, <laughs> then it disappeared. The reason they're talking about it for 15 minutes is it is an excruciatingly bad film that is supposed to take place on an airplane. And there's no way in fucking hell that any of the sets that they filmed on could even have fit on an airplane, even a large airplane. Uh, well, yeah, the sets are terrible. In this, with the exception of a very few, like there's a cockpit set that looks like it's an actual old cockpit from some plane, right? Mm-hmm. And well, that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's really there's a, the there's only... a couple of actual like residences that they film in. Yeah, they, so, sure, they do. Yeah, so money plane Somebody's suburban house. <laughs> so money plane was sort of a passion project of the Lawrence brothers but specifically Andrew Lawrence. Who are the Lawrence brothers? Well, you've heard of Joey Lawrence, I'm sure. Whoa. Yeah, he was very popular in the 90s, uh, most notably on a show called Blossom, but he's done other things throughout his career. His most important thing is doing that whoa. Yeah, he yeah. was he was kind of known as Teen Heartthrob at the time. He had the floppy hair, he had the catchphrase, and he was very cute. <laughs> his catchphrase was whoa. It was still his thing, and he did it all the time on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew is his youngest brother, and then he also has a brother named Matthew, and all three of them were involved in the making of this film. <laughs> Only one of them wore a ridiculous mustache. <laughs> yes, yes, that was Matthew playing the cowboy. Oh my god. So, Eric, what exactly happens in Money Plane? Well, a um, a career, <laughs> I, I want to say criminal, but he's more of like... He's a gambler who lost a lot of money, and now he's in deep to the mob. And so he gets in—he gets himself into a situation where he and his crew are manipulated into performing this one big heist on the money plane, which is this—it's a legend in the gambling community that there's this plane that flies over international waters where you can bet on anything, and they have a million and a billion in crypto on board, and they have— all kinds of riches and stuff. And so uh, Kelsey Grammer wants our hero to bring down the money plane and various things ensue and uh, a a lot of uh, uh, sort of action and adventure happen while on the money plane and the good guys win in the end. Sure. Now, the money plane has a collection of, of people of note in it. As Eric mentioned, the big bad guy <laughs> is Kelsey Grammer. Better known as Frasier, and other things. He's the best part of the movie, hands down. There's also Thomas Jane, who I mostly know from the very end of The Mist, which is one of the most downer endings of a horror movie ever. Excellent movie, however. Yes. He's also the original Punisher from the movies as well. Oh. Uh, who else is in this? Denise Richards is in this for about as long as it takes for you to blink your eyes twice. She's actually also one of the best. Better actors. She in has this like film. three lines in this yeah, movie. She's, but she's an actual actor. Sure. And then our big money front man of this criminal organization, uh, protagonist, action hero, is Adam Copeland, better known as Edge 
from the WWE. Now, he has gone on to be in a number of projects, mostly television-based, that apparently he, he's he's pretty well-liked, I guess. Um, I think most notably, he has a recurring role on Vikings. And he looks like a Viking. He's a very tall, very blonde, very Nordic-looking man. He's a, uh, a really butch guy who's very beefy and has a man bun. Well, he's got long hair. They just keep it in the man bun well, for the action. 99% of the movie, his hair is in a bun. Sure. So he's a guy, he's a blonde guy with a bun and are like ripped abs. And he's like, if you imagine like any of the wrestling actors, you know, the, like John Cena, Dave Bautista, uh, a ver- variety of, uh, you know, The Rock, people who came into, people came from wrestling who made it into regular media or, or movies, whatever, they all have sort of a, a, a personality edge to them. This guy is like, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good actor. You can't tell watching this movie, but he basically has a look of mild perplexion <laughs> on his face the whole movie, like as if he's looking at something going like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. He's, a, he's essentially a confused golden retriever. Yes. He's very happy to be wherever he is, but he's not really sure what's going on. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And and he he does very little in this movie. Most of the time, he's in a cockpit in the money plane, like, with headphones on, flipping switches and, and talking to people. It is interesting that he is, I think, supposed to be the star of this, and he spends very little time actually interacting with other characters. Yes, exactly. He has a couple of scenes with Kelsey Grammer because, you know, he's got to be threatened into doing the heist on the money plane. But that's kind of about it. Like, even with his team, he's usually in a separate location from the rest of them. Now, I do know that while they were filming this, and I think it's one of the reasons the sets are so fucking weird, they didn't actually have anything completely, like, nailed down. So it would be like, well, today we're well, gonna we're gonna film in the cockpit because we have the cockpit set. But like, um, I know we're scheduled to do this shoot next, you know. But I don't think that we've got the server room set quite set up yet. So let's just redress the plain fuselage set that we've got so that it looks like a casino today. Yeah, well, but see, when you see say nailed down, that makes me laugh because there are lots of scenes that they're in like the the basement of the airplane and there's yeah basements you know airplanes have those yeah or it's like below decks or something where there's like obvious like wood framing like two by fours and one by twos and stuff like nailed up against the wall and it's like no yeah i I think they had like they were like oh man this thing's gonna look so cool it's like a casino on a plane it'll have like hot like stewardesses and it'll have like uh, like bedding areas, and we'll have like these like really lush like casino sets, and it almost sort of looks like they were given an extra hundred dollars over Ed Wood's initial budget from Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. And they were like, "Well, we we we're gonna t- we're gonna tack the curtain up, but we can get the fancy curtain, you know, because right, planes- the one that has the brass grommets and then like like the the, the pole, hole, yeah, yeah, goes through it, mm-hmm, yeah." yeah. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of a Corman movie in that regard. It's like they made the best movie they could with a low budget. Yes. And they they didn't pay really for anything other than Kelsey Grammer, who delivers. No, I think they paid for Kelsey Grammer and Thomas Jane and Denise Richards, because all three of them had a name. And Mm. even though they were not necessarily used throughout the film excessively, they had people that were signed on. In fact... They, I think that they, they weren't anticipating to get these people because I know that the, initially they were like, well, we really want Kelsey Grammer to be the bad guy, but we know we don't have Kelsey Grammer money, nor do we think he's going to say yes, because this is so not what he does. Uh, and they went and they asked him and he was like, well, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I can, I can say motherfucker a lot and like shoot a gun. Yeah, fuck. I'll do that. That yeah, seems he fun. seemed really game to do it. Well, and I think that given given what he does in the movie, I think that he had maybe two or three days of actual shooting 
because he mostly just is sitting at a table outside by a pool. The guy's a pro. Look, I disagree with his politics 100%. I do not like him, but he is a damn pro and he's a good actor. And he looks so. like he's genuinely having a good time. <laughs> he's one of the people in the movie that truly looks like he's just like he's saying, fuck it, I'm going to have a good time. And it actually really works in the case of his kind of over-the-top, like, super gangster role. They right? essentially gave him, they are like, here's a piece of scenery, Kelsey. Would you like to chew on it? And he's like, I already have, like, the grape upon and my fucking, my, my bib on. Let's chew this fucker. <laughs> yeah, let's bring out the, the, the rib sauce, right? Uh, so, so, look, the movie starts with a cold open, all right? And we hear, like, these are the three important things if you're pulling off a heist, okay? Number one. You got to have a good crew. Yep. Number two, there's reality, and then there's what it looks like, you know? And then number three, your plan A is only as good as your plan B. Right. So they start out the movie. And so uh, uh, so what's what's this guy's name? His name is Jack, I think, uh, uh, the the title, the main character. In it. Yeah. I think his, his name, name is, is Jack. His name is Jack Reese, and he's got a... A couple of regular folks that help him out on his heist. This movie actually reminds me a lot of like a really low budget knockoff of the show Leverage, which is an excellent show. I haven't watched the newest like reboot that they did, but the first couple seasons of the original show were really good. It was like, you know, it's kind of like watching like an Ocean's Eleven thing. Oh, I was thinking it had to do with physics and like leverage. No, no, like, no. Well, it's like leverage. Like you like have force some force times distance. You know. No, no, it's like you've got something on somebody else. You have oh, leverage on them. Oh, okay. Because it's all about a con, basically, in that yeah. show. And this is kind of similar to that because they're conning their the in the cold open they're conning their way into a museum i think yeah, we're supposed they want this to be kind of an ocean's 11 thing i right. mean i think that that's that's like if there's like a stream flowing in the background behind this it's like somebody's like we're gonna do ocean's 11 but instead of a casino they're gonna rob a plane right and so he's got his team there's there's isabella who's the punching lady she's the she's the, the sexy muscle. puncher right sexy sexy punching lady then you've got trey who's his uh tech guy who's the hacker type of character that you mm -hmm. need for your group and then he's got iggy who's the fuck up but also probably like the demolitions guy in most of the other sorts of like heist team up kind of situations he kind of reminds me of the demolition brothers from oceans 11 yeah yeah uh, like tom, like tom hanks's uh, kid right yeah that dude right and the <laughs> the thing is is iggy in the team that's actually played by Andrew Lawrence, who's the writer and director, and also oh, really? he's an actor in this as well. So yes, so he, he was the writer, he and director. Wow, and brother of Joey. Oh my goodness! Look, this movie. Would you recommend this movie? Like, it's fun. Yeah, I would totally recommend. This I movie. would recommend this movie too. I saw it three times. It's pretty short too. I don't even think it's an hour and a half long. No, it's not. It's short, and it's. I mean, it's very formulaic, but it's also. Like, the people are kind of amusing, and so, you know, I would say go for it. Every time I've watched it, I've found new things to laugh at. So, I mean, it's 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 a good-bad movie, I would say, Yeah, from the from the jump. But it starts out with this idea that uh, uh, Jack is going to go in for a special art heist, and he's going to get the the depressed duckling. What is, what I think is it's that? the disappointed duck. The disappointed duck by a famous artist, an actual artist, uh, it turns out, in my in my uh, modicum of research I've done. Uh, the Asger John, Asger Jam is the artist, uh, some sort of a Danish artist. And he had, it was this, the disturbing duckling. It's oh, an actual okay. painting by an actual artist. Fair so, enough. So he's going <laughs> <laughs> go sure. steal it from an art gallery which is like uh it's very clearly a soundstage or like back lot well office. i mean you see it from like the helicopter shot the establishing shot and it looks like an old defunct factory down by the train tracks or mm -hmm. something yeah there's a windows are smashed out and stuff it's like an old like a it's like, like a, a warehouse yeah a building from the 1930s or yeah. something i once had a really shitty job in a warehouse and it kind of <laughs> it kind of had that feel to me it's like the ceilings are kind of too high and the hallways are kind of like they they just sort of rolled some things to make 
like a smaller hallway for him to walk down. Yeah. The doors are like frame ups. It's very fake. Yeah, it looks it looks super duper cheap. And the the acting is like on a very rudimentary level. And I think what it really suffers from uh, on <laughs> third watching uh, is music. It doesn't have any cool, exciting action music that makes you feel any way. Now, I'm not interested in music that is there to like force you to have feelings. That stuff drives me crazy. But to have some sort of like you know like like when he's going in to steal the painting there should be like dun 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 or like you know some sort of like excitement thing like you're feeling like oh you know this is an exciting like a heist is happening and it's really just this dude kind of like wandering in hey the painting's gone what's up dude and his tech guy is like i don't know man uh my my video here shows like the painting on the wall and like oh shit we've been rumbled or you know whatever we've been we've been we've been tricked we have to have go to plan b and plan b involves like <laughs> running out of the museum and shooting all the guards they kill a lot of people i mean <laughs> like a lot of people it's yeah i mean if if there was a painting that was like i mean it's like imagine the mona lisa except like you go to uh, France and there's like a, a, a SWAT team around it with like machine guns mm-hmm. and somebody gets too close and they just start gunning down people. Yeah. Uh, which is probably in our near future. So I mean, yeah. it's like you know, people will look back on this podcast and say this was a predictive thing. But yeah, it's he, first he goes in and it's like, uh oh, he's been screwed. The, the painting he was supposed to steal is not there. And the guy he was supposed to steal it for is the is Kelsey Grammer. His name is Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third, A.K.A. The Rumble. Yep. He has so many names. And he says, I want my art. I want my money. Listen. And so he goes into this long explanation about Jack's past. Jack... He used to be, uh, uh, well, first of all, we find out he used to be Air Force or something, some yes. some ex-military. Yes. But then- he's, he's Air Force because we later find out that his relationship with Thomas Jane in this movie is that he used to work for him as, yeah. you know, an yeah. Air Force guy. And so, like, but but he then became a professional gambler, uh, uh, a, a player of, uh, of Texas Hold'em, I guess, and he made a bad bet somewhere along the way and lost a lot of money, and he was in deep to the mob and whatever, and Kelsey Grammer goes like, listen, I bought all your debt from the mob. They were going to kill you because you owed them so much money, and this bit, you know, you were going to steal this painting from me. It was going to make you enough money that it was going to get you out from under that, but you fucked it up and have no money now, but I bought your debt. And so now I own you, and I can tell you what you what I want you to do. And what I want you to do is take down the money plane, right? right? So it's all set. That's right. the that's the setup. And you know, just like in an episode of Leverage, we we see the plan start to be built out, right? So there are two things that the money plane has. It's got a billion or two billion dollars worth of crypto associated and attached to it via you know, secured accounts and things like that. And it also has several million dollars worth of cash just on board. It also has a cast of characters of criminals and 'er ne'er-do-wells that are all going on the money plane to indulge in their high-dollar, nefarious, you know, uh, uh, morally bankrupt betting. Right. We have a, a long scene at a poker table where everybody introduces themselves and their crime histories. Uh, so we've got an the- arms dealer who's got a sidekick who's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we've got uh, we've got the cowboy who's a high stakes but like gambler. I don't think he's actually a criminal. I think he's just a high stakes gambler. Right. And Jack is taking the place of a a guy who was a uh, a high roller, but he was a human trafficker. Right. But uh, um, the lady person... Uh, uh, Miss Punches uh, a lot. Miss Punch a lot. Uh, murdered him a year ago or something like that. And nobody knows what he looks like. Right. Because he so does all of his dealings on the interwebs. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, and it's like they get down to a table and he's like, well, I deal in arms, but that's not as bad as human trafficking. But it's like, well, if human trafficking people, if they had your arms, then they would be able to fight better. Back and 
like, well, now I sell nuclear arms to Syria and the UN got me out of trouble. It starts sounding like a Neil Breen movie at this a point. Little a little bit, yeah. You know, the corporations like, and government are all really what's yeah. fucking oh, things yeah, up. Oh, yeah, everything is fucked up. There know? is also a woman who is of vaguely Asian descent. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's one and of the it, players. She's one of the players. They never actually say what her crime is, but she does sort of intimate that perhaps she is a hit woman. She used to chop off arms for free. Right. It's <laughs> one of the things she said. So, she did that for free. That was like a bonus. Like yeah. if you hired her, she, you know, you could just like, well, I'll, I, you know, I'll kill a guy, but I'll. Do I, you I, want his arm as I'll, a souvenir? It's, it's on the house. It's on the house. It's free. You know, it's like a special two for one, mm-hmm. you know, arms chopping. But yeah, it's she's on there. There's the cowboy guy with the, the crazy fake glued on mustache. It is it is like straight from a spirit Halloween, like after Halloween's like sale. Yeah, there's rack. the asshole brothers. There's <laughs> there's Joey Lawrence, who is the concierge. He is the one who is in it's control. Yeah, he's in control of all of the games. He's in, in control of all of the money. He makes a point to. I'll, you know, tell everyone on board that he is also a pilot, that all of the pilots associated with the money plane are of the highest caliber and most professional standards. And he kind of plays sort of like a like an Iceman character where he's just very cool and collected and, you know... He's there to he be... He has the shiniest, tiniest suit of anybody on the plane. Well, he's also the shiniest and tiniest, I think, on the entire plane as well. He's yeah, not a yeah. very large man, but... Yeah, he and he has his muscle guy who's like, uh, you know, his sidekick dude who's like, uh, I'll leave it to my muscle guy to explain the rules. And the guy's like... Well, he's the pit boss, I think, basically. Yeah, he's a pit boss. Yeah, good. Yeah. 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 And he's like, there's no cheating. If you cheat, you're going to die. So don't ever cheat. Otherwise... Have at it, guys. Do whatever you want. Just have fun. We've got we've got special suites downstairs if you want to hang out. We've got uh, prostitutes in the back. We've got uh, gambling. Ta- what, what do they had? They had like a regular gambling table and then another gambling lounge or like. Well, they had no. They've got like a back room that's got all the casino games and stuff in it, and right. then they have a room. That's kind of where like the special wagering there. They have like themed adventure wagers, which they keep talking about. Like, well, we've got these themed wagers. Theme. The theme is always man versus cobra, man versus animal. That's kind of that was one of the themes was just people getting eaten by various animals. Man versus cobra, man versus fish, right? Uh, Uh, Piranha. Yeah, piranha. Uh, I think man versus alligator was one of them. No, he talked about it. Darius Grouch talked about. You want to bet about a man fucking an alligator? You do it on the money plane. Well, nobody fucked any of the animals no, on no, the money no, plane no, 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 no they no. just get killed by them they get killed by mm-hmm. animals yep. yeah yeah uh yeah I, I, the other one is like so the thing is is that they they have a plan right they're gonna infiltrate the, the plane using fake identities so the team that's coming on the plane is our main character jack reese who's pretending to be this human trafficking guy his second who they decide that trey the tech guy is actually going to be the second who is named Mr. McGillicuddy, and then undercover as a... He's kind of a smallish black guy with, like, like, like dreads, mm-hmm. sort of. So Mr. McGillicuddy's kind of funny. He's wearing, he's wearing a plaid suit, though, so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's supposed to be a joke. And then you also have, of course, Miss Punches a lot, and she is going to be one of the stewardesses, or flight attendants, or air hostesses, Whatever you want to call her, she's really there to just make sure that people have drinks and aren't being assholes. She uses her sexy powers and her punching ability. Yes. Yeah. And she, as she boards the plane, she has hidden a gun, what we assume must be in her vagina, because they, you know, they they wand her down, and then they're like, you need to surrender all of your guns. And she She's got a derringer right up there, right up her cooch. Yeah, Yeah. she she reaches under her skirt and pulls something out. So, you know, maybe it was up her ass. I don't know. But, you know, whatever. It looks like she's wearing a jacket with no pants, really. But I mean, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. The short skirt, long jacket. I made the joke before. But yeah, it's that's it's looks like she's wearing no pants. (laughs) So that's the team that's actually going to be on the plane. Now, they're not bringing Iggy along. Why? Because they need him to be on the ground to intercept the, I think, SSD codes, some sort of codes, some sort of crypto bullshit. We're just going to call it crypto bullshit because honestly, in my opinion, crypto is bullshit. So some sort of crypto bullshit is going to get 
transferred from a computer in the server room of the plane to Iggy, who has to be on the ground to intercept this. And he's very disappointed he does not get to go on the money plane. It seems to me like this somehow goes against some central like idea behind crypto, but I don't know enough about it. it I, I always thought that the idea was that it was so decentralized that you couldn't like hoard anything in one area because like the wealth would appear on the blockchain somehow. So like how would a plane have crypto in it? Like crypto exists like distributed in servers across the globe. Well, that's all I, I know sort of kind of about crypto. So the crypto was not on the plane, but the, the means by which to disperse the crypto was on the plane. So the key to the account that held the crypto is on the, is plane. On the plane. Right. And they sure. have to hack it from the server room. There's a there's a server room in the basement of the plane. You remember yes. how the plane has a basement? The plane has a huge oh fucking like like lower level undercarriage whatever. There's no bulkheads, there's no ceilings. No, no like, there's no like, ceilings in there's this. There's just doors. Nope, just yeah. doors and hallways. Hallways. Yeah, yeah the the quote unquote basement of the plane has a server room. It's got um like all of the the money and the 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 safes and stuff. It's got all the supplies that the flight attendants need to access. It's got food, it's got you know, uh all kinds of shit. It's huge. Right. Right. Uh, it, it's <laughs> Look, I grew up uh, my dad used to work for Transworld Airlines. That just shows you how old I am. TWA. It was an airline a long time ago. I know you kids don't know what know what the TWAs were, but once upon a time it was a major airline. Anyway, uh because of that, I flew all over the place for free because my dad got standby passes. So I have been on a lot of airplanes. A lot, like I've been on the big jumbo ones that go overseas. I've been on the little ones. I've been on puddle jumpers. I've been on everything. I have never <laughs> seen a plane that could have, could have like reasonably contained the money plane setup. The basement. How about that? I, I know uh, uh, cruising around on the tarmac at the airport, you see like these Air Qatar planes or mm-hmm. these like super mega jumbo international planes that have two decks of of two rows of uh porthole like windows oh i've been on those you've been on those mega Uh giant jets i've been on a double decker plane yeah yeah the the might have a basement down (laughs) (laughs) they they keep their christmas supplies i mean look the thing is is that on a plane that like the lower level where you know we're making fun of the basement like that's where all the luggage and stuff is stored that's where all the you know, like a washing machine, a couple of sinks. Down I mean, that's there. where like the gas tanks and shit are, you <laughs> right. know, like it's down there. And, yeah. and but the thing is, is it's not set up like a fucking basement where you walk down the stairs and then there's just a series Our of basement doors. has lower ceilings than that. I know. Basement I know. No, the double decker planes on, on TWA, some of them, like the real old, like I think original ones. Oh, like the 747s that had that lounge upstairs and there like was, a spiral staircase. They had a spiral staircase. Oh, yes. man. And and the thing was is I always wanted to ride on one of those planes. They had converted the second level to additional seating the when I had been on those planes, but originally they had been like the fancy pants, like first class. Right, that's where the lounge. money plane like would have been going. You know, people would have been gambling up there and stuff. I think they had a piano up there. They had a bar up there. I don't remember there being a piano. There was a. There usually would be some a sort drum of set. like some no. What this is my fantasy plane. Well, you can draw your little fantasy plane and, you know, put all the things you want in it, but it's not what actually existed in real life. A lot of crypto, whatever that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eric and I are too old to understand crypto and blockchains and all that shit. I think it's all, I I know one person who made some money off of crypto and it's because she bought Dogecoin because she thought it was funny when it was like 0.0003 cents a share. And then Elon Musk came along and she made several thousand dollars off of it. Yeah, somebody said buy Dogecoin and she made a shit ton of money when the... Uh, no, when no, no one told her to buy it. She thought No, it was no, a, she didn't. Nobody told her to buy it. But somebody said after after she had bought it as a joke... Wasn't somebody. It was Elon Musk. Was it Elon Musk himself? Yes. Oh, the great Musk himself. Uh, and so the price went up and she sold it. Good for her. She mm-hmm. made some money. I, I, I feel it's sort of like just, it's like gambling and speculation. But I think Dogecoin is an NFT, not crypto. No, it's it's crypto. Is it crypto? Are NFTs crypto? No, they're not. Okay. But a Dogecoin is an NFT. It's a non-fungible Dogecoin, isn't it? No? 
No, maybe the NFTs, you got to, although you have to be the different apes and stuff like that. Each one has to be unique with a different face. Why are you asking me this when I literally just said I don't know anything about it? I don't know. I'm just trying to talk about crypto. I think, you know, maybe we could get people to write into the show and explain it all to us. If you're a crypto bro, write into Eric and let him know what the fuck is going oh, for on. For sakes, please do. Yeah. Because we have a lot of crypto bros that listen to our show. Nah, probably none. Mm -mm. No, that's not how it works, I don't think. Anyhow, there's crypto on the plane. They got to steal it, right? So the plan, it's got a couple of steps. Step number one is to get control of the cockpit, which is what Jack Reese is going to do because he's the pilot. Step number two is going to be that uh, Mr. McGillicuddy, a.k.a. Trey, the hacker guy, is going to go and hack the server room so that he can send the upload link, or whatever the hell it is, the crypto bullshit, to Iggy, who's on the ground, and Miss Punches a lot. Uh, I think she was just, she had to scout out, like, where the server room was, and where, like, some of the yeah, other she's shit. she's the muscle, yeah. She's the muscle, but also I think she was sort of like the, she was like the, the advanced team, like, recon spy yeah. chick. Well, you know, number one, you gotta have a good team. Sure. Because you can't do it by yourself. Right. That's rule number one. So things that go well. Number one, they do get control of the cockpit. They have to punch a lot of people, but eventually they get <laughs> control like a of the wrestling co- fight. He goes into the cockpit and then is like, oh shit, there's a co-pilot here. Like there would like what plane what what large plane, especially one that has a lot of people and money and shit on it, would only have a pilot. Like like the the plane that takes you from Chicago to St. Louis has a co-pilot. Well, I think he met up with Thomas Jane or whatever beforehand, and he's like, "Oh, here's all like I did all this scoops, you know, I did all this this uh, uh, checking out of this whole plane for you, and oh, I gave you this information." So you know, maybe he failed in in well, not re- mentioning that there was a co-pilot. But I, I think, think it's- that I think that it's also inferred that Darius Grouch has had some meddling in this situation and has given them bad information. Darius Emanuel Grouch. Sorry, I forgot. The third. The rumble. The right. rumble. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that part of the plan, while there are some bumps, they do take control of the cockpit. So now Jack is flying the plane. <laughs> and Jack, he just, he looks uncomfortable in his suit. And he, he just looks, sits yeah, there. He does look very the uncomfortable. Wheel. Um, the other thing is, is because Jack has left, he has put Mr. McGillicuddy in charge of all of his betting and his like money. And so... While he's waiting for the high sign from the rest of the team to go hack the servers, Trey is placing bets. Right. And the first one is like, how long will it take a guy to die from a cobra? <laughs> he's in a he's in a, a a ring with like a a five pointed star on the ground, like it's like a satanic cobra lounge or something sure right and so he's betting on these things and he keeps winning and And so everyone's getting pissed off at him yeah then there's like an arm chopping off competition like who's gonna like some dude is gonna chop off some other guy's arm well prior to all of these human sort of misery bets they they just play texas hold'em oh yeah 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 jack plays it one hand of texas hold'em and and then fucks off and leaves and leaves it to to mcgillicuddy to to do the rest of the thing and that's the one game that he doesn't win. The person who wins Texas Hold'em is... Mustache dude. Right. Is the cowboy, who's played by Matthew uh, Lawrence, mm. the middle brother of the Lawrences. He's from Texas. You know how I know? Because he's got a cowboy hat on and a bolo tie. A bolo tie. Mm-hmm. Megan taught me this before. It's That's like, how you know in movies and TV shows that someone's from Texas. Yeah, because you anybody, any shit kicker can wear a cowboy hat. That's and right. And be like, cool, be a badass. Mm-hmm. But if you have a cowboy hat and a bolo tie, you better fucking be from Texas. Yeah, you're, you're from Texas. you have something to answer to. Now, if you have like a plaid flannel shirt and a cowboy hat, that means you're a cowboy. You're an actual cowboy slash ranch hand. Mm-hmm. That's how you know. Now, if you've got like those, like that yoke type shirt with all the stitching and all the fancy stuff, that's not the same. That's, you're like a Hollywood cowboy. Yeah. Right. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah, but yeah. The, you do require rhinestones. Star Spangled Rodeo. To be a rhinestone cowboy. Mm. Mm, yeah. Did you ever do a rhinestone cowboy act on your shows back in the day? Uh, Miss Pixie had a cowgirl act that she did rhinestone, fairly, yeah? fairly regularly. Uh-huh. It was not specifically rhinestone cowboy, but it was, it was she was a cowgirl and she she had uh-huh. rhinestone 
costume pieces. Uh, it's a song by Glenn Campbell. It's a really good song, actually. Yeah, Ryan no, we, we didn't use 70s. that particular one. But no, that would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. So, because the cowboy wins Texas Hold'em, he gets to... He gets to pick the next game. And so he decides the next <laughs> One game. One hand of Texas Hold'em. Dealt by somebody who's listless and doesn't seem to appear to understand the game. Well, yes. they, they This gave, is like this high stakes Texas Hold'em game. And there's this lady with a crooked bow tie. And she's like having a hard time flipping the cards over and shit. Look, it's like, she was one of the craft services girls that they brought in to just like, you know, serve the the, the folks that, that day. And, you know. Look, it wasn't that long ago that on like... Like half of the cable channels, it was constant Texas Hold'em matches all the time. People, if you watch TV in the 2000s, you couldn't get away from watching Texas Hold'em games. People know what Texas Hold'em looks like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I used I to mean, play Texas Hold'em. Oh, everybody played Texas Hold'em back in the day. Yes, but I would win money off my friends. Oh, yeah. you were, Well, see, you're a gamer. I can't win shit. But, you know, anyhow, it's a, it's a very... <laughs> Very poorly played hand of Texas Hold'em. She was yes, she was incredibly listless and very bored. Right. And so, and so but, the cowboy comes up and says, "I don't want to play Texas Hold'em anymore." So his game of choice is Russian roulette. He wants to play against Mister McGillicuddy. Right. His deal is that he loves Russian roulette because he's never lost a game. Well, it's really hard to have a losing streak in Russian roulette because. You, you're just dead. <laughs> Anybody who plays Russian roulette has never lost a game. Yes. Unless they're not playing Russian roulette anymore. Unless they're a former player of or Russian they, roulette. Or like if, if the bullet bounced they're, off their skull. They're retired from Russian roulette. Yeah. So McGillicuddy, first of all, he, play, he, he sits down and uh, he, he wins the hand of Russian roulette because uh, uh, the mustache cowboy just shoots himself in the face like right away. Well, there's, there's a bit of a like will they, won't they over who will go first. Oh yeah, that's funny. It's kind of that's that's like one of the comedy bits that sort of is maybe funny sort of kind of sure yeah. right. But anyway, so so that's that's where his winning streak truly begins. But yes, he starts betting on all of the like man versus cobra, man versus piranha, and it's never like who will win. It's like how fast will this person die? Right, and he's like sixteen, and then it's like. The, the guy died from a cobra bite in 15 minutes. You win. Ding, 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 ding. And so everybody's like convinced that he's cheating. And someone does get shot in the head for cheating during the casino oh, montage. Oh, right. He has an ace of spades up his sleeve. The death card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So, okay. So this is what's going on while uh, Miss Punches a Lot is down in the basement looking for the server room. Yeah, well, she's like flirting with or or, or she's like getting her e- evil seducing guys. And- she she is one hundred percent not doing that. She no. is desperately trying to just do her job, and she is getting unwanted attention from the second of the arms dealer, to the point that the concierge and the pit boss tell the guy, the uh, the stewardesses, the air attendants. They are off limits. You cannot purchase them. You cannot have sex with them. Yes, you're you, right. Yeah. You need to stop what you are doing. We right. have this fantastic array of hookers right here. Pick any of them that Aren't you want. Isn't that good, though? The array of hookers don't seem to be that. They were also incredibly listless women who kind of didn't seem like they were they very excited to be really there. But look, see, yeah. look, that is... That might be method acting. They may just have been pretending no, to be hookers. They might have been actual hookers. That were just, I don't uh, think that that is the case. They wouldn't have got much business. In any case, they, she keeps getting accosted. That's correct. And at one point, she's like, you know, he, the guy's bothering her. What are you doing with that bag? And she like whispers in his ear, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. And then she walks away. And so it's like, you know, what's going to happen? But eventually she kicks everybody's ass. Right. right? But she does locate the server room. She conveys that message to Trey. So yes, he it can, was behind one of the doors one in of the, the basement. One of the four doors in the basement. Congratulations. Very good. So, she yeah. she touched it and it was cool. And she was That's like, right. yeah. oh, this is the cold room. This is where they're going to keep the computers. Oh, the server. <laughs> done. Dun, Got it's it. a bunch of old DVD players. It's pretty much just racks and racks of DVD players. Oh God. With lights. There's some actual computer gear in there, but I mean, there's like actual, there's actual it's, CD players. There is, there like is. Old yes. like amplifiers and shit, just like in racks. There is at one point where there is a fight in the server room. And when one of the guys goes crashing through the glass, like plate in front of where all the quote unquote servers are, that he knocks open a DVD, like, like disc drawer. 
right. that comes out and you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> he, he, he falls back into the to the wall of DVD players and yes. is electrocuted by them. Well, you know what you can get a really good deal on in 2020, Eric? Old DVD players? Old DVD players. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have a DVD player. You have a Blu-ray player. No. No? Well, no, I do have a Blu-ray player, but I have a dedicated DVD player that oh, I bought okay. like three years ago. All right. Because I've got... Uh, oh, no, no, no. I, I'm totally wrong about that. I have a dedicated CD player. Oh, yeah. I don't have a dedicated DVD player. I I've actually, got a Blu-ray player that plays DVDs and CDs, but sure. I have a dedicated CD That's player. That's what I was thinking of, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, in this day and age, you can buy like a external CD-ROM drive for like ten bucks. Oh no, mine costs like four hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Well, it's got a DA converter in there. That's like a high price, like piece of equipment. So most people can buy CD-ROM player, external whatever, for like ten bucks nowadays. Yeah, nobody listens to music through big speakers anymore, except for old farts like me. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, We're showing our age. No idea about crypto. Still listening to CDs. There you go. Right. So somewhere through this, through, uh, uh, in the course of this money plane robbery, we find out that Darius Emanuel Grouch the Third, the Rumble, has somehow uh, screwed him over again, right? By sending like a squad of hitmen to to shoot the uh, the dude on the ground that's collecting the yes they info, do send blah, they send blah, blah. thugs after Iggy and this is when uh, probably I think this might be my favorite part of the the movie so they send like a dozen thugs with guns just generic you know just wearing black where is Iggy by the way he's somewhere in the desert of 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 of, of the of, world of place. He's on a desert planet. He's he's sitting. I think I think he's it's, on Tatooine somewhere. It seems like it's California. Oh, oh sure. No, wait. I'm sorry. I did I did read about the location of this. Originally, they wanted to shoot in Toronto. They could not get the the movie shot in Toronto. Then they were going to do it. I think in Prague, uh-huh. which they could not get either. So they had to sort of like settle for baton rouge louisiana oh really baton rouge yes How so it's that? not in california it's like edmonton alberta like yeah. getting further and further away from c- civilization in right. canada so no, no just in the middle of the bayou in baton rouge that's oh my fine goodness. okay sure so that is where they shot this uh and i'm sure they got a deal on it too because like you know there's yeah. How much how much shit gets done in Baton Rouge? Uh, it's funny. One of the funny moments in the movie for me, like a personal funny moment, is uh, Iggy. He's trying to set up all of his equipment, and he's got all of these crates and cases and suitcases and things of like wires and mixers and cables and microphones and antenna and stands and all this kind of shit. And he's down there going like, oh, it's going to take me a few more minutes to set this up. Uh, you know, I got some time left. And and uh, Jack's like, no, set it up now. But I, I totally sympathized with him. It was mm-hmm. like every time I played a show, you remember all like remember all the cables and yes. shit that I used to have to set I, up. I had I all know. those pedals and all the controls. I used to help you carry it into oh, your my gigs. God. Yeah, carrying it was the least of the problem. It was like wow. trying to deal with those like like spaghetti of cables. I was and just hook a, all that shit up. I was just a groupie. I didn't even get paid shit to you were haul the best your stuff around. Ever. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so so he's in the middle of Baton Rouge, uh, setting up his stuff, and he finally got it up, and they're they're downloading the crypto codes or whatever bullshit's We're going on. We're at 50%. Yes, he's doing 55%. Excellent job of reading off percentages. But the they come to attack him, and Thomas Jane is acting as sort of like <laughs> Jack <laughs> Reese's part, backup. Yeah. He's like <laughs> hanging out at Jack Reese's house playing video games with his daughter. I think they're playing like Call of Duty too, yeah, which yeah. which made me kind of laugh because like the, the little girl is just kicking his ass at... at military shit and he's like okay he's like all right honey i gotta take a break for a second i gotta go uh save your dad's friends and he goes and he like flicks open his smartphone and i think he has a little like little electronic remote control gimbal thing that he's using he yeah i don't recall if he's got like a joystick thing or if he's got a laptop it's some it's some some sort sort of of like remote device but he's he's got a drone he's got a drone (laughs) and the drone is holding a gun (laughs) <laughs> it's holding not like a like like it doesn't have like little guns on the front of it it's holding a handgun 
Right. And this guy's like an Air Force special ops, something undercover, this and that kind of thing. And you're thinking, let's say it's going to be like an Air Force drone. No. Which is going to be like, op, you know, like with missiles or a 50 caliber machine gun or something. Uh-uh. No, it's like one of those it's from drones. from Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you put a camera on it <laughs> and you a, fly it up. There's like, a camera and it has a handgun. That's what this drone is doing. And it's kind of genius if you could actually do that. You could fly around and commit <laughs> shoot, murders. Yeah, I guess. But and the thing is, is that it seems like, like it would knock the 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 the, the gun out drone. of the drone, right? Yeah, yes, it would exactly. Knock the drone off of its uh, uh, gimbal support or whatever, you know. So you know, so Iggy's pinned down, and then this drone comes out of nowhere, starts murdering people, and no one looks up. It's like death from above, but like, well, where who's shooting at us? I don't like, know. It's also where? like day for night or some kind of weird thing going yeah, on too. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's a mess. It's just it's just mo- the most ridiculous sequence. And you see Tom. They keep cutting back to Thomas Jane, who's sitting in like a chair, like a you know like an armchair at at his friend's house, like murdering people remotely, and he's having the best fucking time all the way down in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just goodness. shooting, murdering dudes with a drone. It's great. And the drone is like, it's it's pretty good drone flying, but it's not the best. And also, it looks so fucking ridiculous because it's holding a handgun. Right. It's like if you, took a, if you took the drone from Amazon and you got like a squirt gun and painted it black and then like taped it to the drone and then flew it around and then put fake muzzle flashes on it. Well, and I mean, we, like, I, I think I could do that and I don't know how to edit video at all. We do have to mention that every time a gun is shot in this film, a fake gun muzzle sh- like flash happens so it's like people are shooting you know each other there's an action scene but it kind of looks cartoony because the 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 muzzle flash is so like clip art looking yeah it's like a generic plug-in type of thing mm-hmm. and uh in a movie like this where there's so much of that happening it really becomes distracting like i watched a movie uh um recently called rrr i recommend it very much it's a a, a indian movie a movie from the uh, from india that's what makes it an indian movie yeah and uh there's a lot of like really sort of sketchy uh, uh special effects in it that don't look like they're quite fully baked but it's like you don't mind because everything else is so bonkers and over the top this is just like a very standard, straightforward movie. So when you see these fake muzzle flashes, it looks like uh, it's like one of those movies that you find on Amazon that you know are like homemade by somebody in their backyard with you know, or like the like the 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 uh, the nostalgia critic used to do with his like fake gun flashes all the time, like bang, 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 shooting all this stuff. It doesn't it doesn't approach realism at all. It's just like. You're supposed to like give it a pass, but you mean the money plane isn't realistic? <sighs> the money plane. I look. I you. There's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief in any of, of these. Of course, movies, every right? movie has a suspension of disbelief. If you don't want to play along, then why bother watching? Right. But every movie has like a tipping point. At mm-hmm. least I feel this way. And you you're you you give and you give and you forget and you forget and it's like you uh, you you just you keep on suspending your disbelief yes until you reach a tipping point when you go like okay I'm out forget it I can't I just can't anymore you mean like Holocaust imagery in the Nutcracker 3D well. <laughs> You mean like Nazi rats riding uh, oh, uh, no. motorcycles with machine um, guns and I'm Nutcracker three yeah, D? I'm trying to think of yeah. I mean that was just that was just that's the worst movie ever. So it's hard to hard to. to you mean like a guy shooting uh, through the a pane of glass? Mm, uh, more like that, yeah. To yeah. another bend in a, a train that's moving at a high oh. speed through oh, yeah. a, a blasted post-apocalyptic blizzard wasteland yeah like no. in snowpiercer no snow <laughs> like when a guy gets i always want to call the movie ice train <laughs> <laughs> ice train money plane same thing <laughs> movie ice train you know <laughs> and like people are like ice train what are you talking about cold world yeah you, you know, know like where they have, they're on a train and, and it's icy like, it's, it's post-apocalyptic ice train ice train like you mean snowpiercer i'm like oh yes yeah, oh right <laughs> yeah that piece of shit yeah, no, no, that was a good, that's a very good example for where you just, you keep on going like, okay. I you mean again. in a train that has a hundred cars, one of them is dedicated to fish that people only eat once a year? Snowpiercer? <laughs> where they eat all, they all eat grasshoppers that just come from space. They The grasshoppers don't need to eat anything in no, order they to just, reproduce. They it's just, just a continual grasshopper nightmare. And, and, and they turn them into protein bars and then people eat them. I don't know. Maybe they collect the feces of the people and somehow use that as like a food source for some more 
grasshopper cockroaches. They didn't show that part. I mean, I hate to say this, but it makes way more sense in the original graphic novel. (laughs) I read that because I wanted to know the source material that that movie came from. And in the graphic novel, it's this sentient organic mass. And it's not necessarily like grasshoppers, but they... They're harvesting from this sentient organic mass that very clearly has feelings and can feel pain. Mm. And that's what they make the protein like slurry out of. That's way more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we shouldn't talk about this movie because it's o- only going to gain us more hate because it's so well liked by so many people. Eh, whatever. I don't know. There's people out there that hate everything. Yeah. I and know. we're people who hate Snowpiercer. Anyway, yeah. back to, to, to Ice Plane. I mean, money plane. <laughs> the ice train. <laughs> yes, the ice train, money Snow plane. train. It's like, it's like planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Ice trains, money planes. And- All right. So everything happens. Okay. So what happens? Eventually. <sighs> so, so the thing is, is that over the course of this heist, they discover that Darius Emmanuel Grouch III, the, the rumble. rumble. He basically kind of set them up and he doesn't give a shit about what happens to them or the team. He just wants the money from the money plane and he's being a real dick about it. Yeah, but he's like fucking up his own team. Well, he is trying to get the money. But they also find out that he's the one who fucked up the art heist that he hired them. Oh yeah, Thomas Jane found that out and like said, you know. So the mystery of how that all went to shit is now... It basically, he made it go to shit so that they would be indebted to him, and then they would have to do this money plane heist, and that's how they got involved with this whole thing. So they're like, you know what? Fuck this whole thing. Uh, you know, we've we've got a hold of all this crypto. Let's donate it to people who actually need it. We'll be like Robin Hood. So they, Which he's reading to his daughter at the beginning. Right. Oh, set up, pay off. Right, How because they're, they're thieves with hearts of gold. Yes, yes. It, and, uh, it goes together, doesn't it? And then they also are like, well, we've got all this money, this physical cash that we've stolen as well. What do we want to do with this? And everyone's like, well, I don't want any of this money, and I don't want any of this money. So they just throw it out of the plane. Well, the thing is, though, the, the important part is they get Darius Emanuel Grouch III, the rumble, to confess over videotape, over audio, that he is robbing the money plane and he wants to bring it down and kill all the people inside of it. And then they play that audio for everybody in the money plane. And everybody's like, all right, now we have to kill Darius Emanuel Grouch III, the rumble. Right. So the the team parachutes off the plane. The concierge turns to the remaining criminals that are Leaving still... nobody to pilot the plane. <laughs> this is true. Well, no, that's not true, because uh, the concierge, a.k.a. Joey Lawrence, does make a huge point at the beginning of the money plane journey that there are many qualified pilots on board. But the people on board are despicable criminals who, like, are, are into, like... They don't care. Arms trafficking and, and human misery and suffering. They're and all murder ho- and they're mayhem. all horrible people. And if the money plane just crashed and took them all out, the like, world would be a better place. The world place. would be a better place, but that's not what happens. The money plane is, I believe, taken over pilot wise because he says it so many times that the concierge can fly the plane. <laughs> when they take off, the guy's like, Wow, that was the smoothest takeoff I've ever had in my life. And I was thinking to myself, I've taken off in a plane a lot of times. Smooth takeoffs don't ever really seem to be the issue. I don't know that I've ever not had a smooth takeoff. It's the landing that's a little can be a little rugged sometimes. Am I right? As some you've flown on planes a gajillion times. I suppose. Has there been like have you do you ever remember like the smoothest takeoff you ever had in a plane? No, I didn't really give a shit. So I wasn't really focused. It's just to go that. faster and faster, and then suddenly you're up in the air, and the mm-hmm. wheels aren't making that sound anymore. Look, I flew in a lot of planes, and none of them ever exploded or crashed. So that's... that's, (laughs) You're like the guy who always wins the... I always win Russian roulette. roulette, Right. Always. I just... Every time I play, I win. It's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, So so the good guys win. The money plane survives. The good guys win. The money plane survives. All the people on the money plane, the last (laughs) thing we see them betting on... Darius Grouch almost flips a table. (laughs) (laughs) So so the last bet that that the money plane participants... uh, uh, participate in is how long will it take until we are notified of Darius Grouch's death? 
and they'll bring you his head on a platter. Right, we'll bring you his head on a platter, and everybody starts betting. And uh, we are treated to one final scene with Kelsey Grammer where they're coming for him. Yes, he, he does knows, his best Tony Montana impression. He, he goes to flip the table that he's been sitting at. And I have to think that was an improvisation on Kelsey Grammer's behalf. But he clearly didn't know that either the the table was weighted down or somehow connected to the floor. It looked like it was actually a big, heavy wooden table. Or it was and just a really I big, think heavy he wooden. I thought it was like... Going to flip. It was something he, he, he thought he could flip it. So he it. gets his hands under this table, and he goes to flip it, and it it lifts like an inch. <laughs> yeah, and there's this, like, slams back down. And in my head, I was like, did no one just think, like... Uh, uh, Mr. Grammer, just keep shooting. Keep do you, filming. Do you want to? Do you want to do another take with keep that? Rolling, like uh, now that you know that it's not gonna. No. No. Oh, okay. Great. No, we'll do. We'll keep going. That's We've fine. We've got Mr. Grammer for another eleven minutes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he's very excited about using this fake gun with all of the muzzle flashes. We're going to CGI just place yeah. all over it. And he's like, "Say hello to my little friend." It's a very <laughs> Tony Montoya moment. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Without the cocaine, just like all over the place. Right, and and he dies, and and then we get to see... Uh, and we have our epilogue. Yeah. We have yeah. Our, Jack is at home with his family. Three right? months later. Three months later. Yes. And he's got his little girl, and um, he's, his hair is down finally. Yes. So you get to see his glorious hair. Right. And, and uh, we, we cut to a scene of two guys taking a crate out of storage in nondescript area of Europe. And they open it up, and it is a canvas that someone has drawn with a black sharpie, a stick figure man giving the finger to whoever's looking at it. Yeah, I guess that was supposed to be the disturbing duckling. That is because we then see the disturbing duckling. Oh, at his house. Just hanging out outside by the pool, which is a very strange place to leave a a piece of artwork because, you know, like the elements... Uh, are, are in play you know there's one thing that paintings don't like moisture <laughs> it's it's kind of the enemy of the painting because if you put too much moisture on something that has been created with pigments the pigments will start to run yeah. also they're they're canvases that are framed in wood and if you get them wet they mildew so don't leave your priceless works of art outside by your swimming pool is what i'm trying to say you know what the the punchy uh woman uh, punchy sexy girl's name is in the movie her character's name sure what is it isabella voltaic yes so (laughs) miss punches a lot miss punches a lot yes isabella voltaic uh uh i i remember this mostly because it was the first like I said at the beginning of the show, it, it was the first movie that was streaming during the early phases of the pandemic when it was all kind of new. People were people were making sourdough bread and what Look, else were people doing back this, in the early days of the pandemic? This Everybody movie, was like hunkering down. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch Money Plane and make some sourdough bread. It has the same sensibility and stupidity as the Tiger King series, which oh, came that out. Was also around the same. time. It came out right around the same time. It was like you know, like do you want a big dumb story with big dumb people? Here you go. Yeah, we're dancing at the edge of the world. You know, where's a pandemic, but we're all going to hide out and everything's going to be better in another six months. <laughs> Let's watch Kelsey Grammer say motherfucker like a dozen times in a row. It'll be great. Yeah. It's fun. It's for the kids, you know. Money makes the world go around. The world go around. The world go around. Money makes the world go around. It makes the world go round. A mark in a Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. You can find us online at anchor.fm, but you can also subscribe to our podcast via any of the major podcast networks, including the Apple Store, Spotify, and others. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again in the future. Money, 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 money